If you're loving the work podcast and want to support future episodes, become a loyal Patreon today. You get behind the scene photos, first look at videos, extra pod content, including the game and fan questions, plus exclusive merch too. Become a Patreon today. Welcome back to work. I'm your hostess, Trinity the Tuck, and today our very special guest is James Mansfield. On this episode, we talk to James about what she's been up to since season nine, Drag Race Rundown, and so much more. Hi guys, welcome back to work. I'm your hostess, Trinity the Tuck, and today my very special guest is my sister from season nine, James Mansfield. Oh my God, hi everyone. (laughs) How's it going? Oh my goodness. Hold on a second. Let me just get my manager. (coughs) I can't do that voice the whole podcast. Sorry, Trent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, please don't do that voice. Can you imagine? Does that hurt your voice when you do that? Um, Only when I do it for a long stretch. So an hour, that would have killed me. (laughs) When, When you do your YouTube videos, are you always in that voice? I try to be, but I take breaks. That's the beauty of YouTube. You can just cut and you can be back to being yourself again. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Well, um, actually, I want to talk. I want to start things off with uh, talking about your YouTube. You have found like major um, like recognition from doing your YouTube channel. Can you tell the listeners about like what is all involved with your YouTube? Like what kind of videos you do? Oh, honestly, it's grown since I started it. I started off more of being just like any kind of random thing. I started doing a history series about drag and gay icons. And now it's sort of morphed into a hair transformation channel where that's probably the most popular videos I have at this point. People really like that one. So it's kind of just been whatever crazy interest piqued my mind. I just decided to do a video on some of it works, some of it don't. (laughs) How long have you done drag? Um collectively i've been doing drag since 2013 so i think i'm going on like six seven years now <laughs> that okay. math. yeah um that's that's a good bit of time um i started drag 10 years before you started drag oh my god i'm so old how old are you oh my god what was stonewall like no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> you bitch um how old I'm are you 30 you're I'm 30. 30 oh my gosh yeah so you started drag in your 20s. I did. And it was a hobby. And honestly, starting it in Milwaukee was kind of difficult because you may know we're a very pageant-heavy town, especially back then. You didn't do nothing unless you were in pageants. I I know that life, girl. That's, that's Birmingham, where I'm from. Um, so how many subscribers do you have on your YouTube? And tell everybody where they can find that YouTube. Um, it is James Mansfield with a Y, J-A-Y-M-E-S, at YouTube, and I just reached 100K subscribers. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Congrats. Girl, it was a labor of love, and I, it's hard. Like I try not to compare myself to other drag queens on YouTube who have bigger followings and hit 100K within a few weeks. This was years of work, and I'm so proud of it because it's not all drag race audience. It's my own I build. Oh, well, bitch, you uh, have more YouTube subscribers than me. I, but I'm also not, I don't, I'm not very um, uh, loyal to doing YouTube. YouTube is a lot of work. 
Yeah, you have to consistently be active. That's the thing. That's where like the subscribers, everything come from. You have to post weekly, and it's hard. It is hard. <laughs> it is really hard. I um I can barely put one up every couple of months. <laughs> um, this, <laughs> this podcast is hard to do too, especially when I travel. But I've been very consistent while all this has been going on because there's nothing else to do. But um, when I travel and stuff, this, it's really hard to do this. So, um, oh, I believe so. Like you, you're like a little bit about town, though. So honestly, like you don't really need to do the YouTube. You're you're seen, girl. <laughs> well, you're you're being seen too. There's more to talk about. Um, so you do hair. Um, you just came out with a hairline, right? Yes, I have my wig company, James Mansfield Beauty, where I sell synthetic wigs and my own cre- style creations for drag queens that are ready to wear and. And it's been a godsend, honestly, especially with the whole situation we're in. It's been going very, very well. I don't know where people are getting this money from, but they're buying wigs. Bro, that's I what appreciate I'm it. it. Like, it's so crazy how like people have bought like so much merch and they've bought like um, tickets to see all these shows. I'm like, girl, these people lose their jobs and they're out here spending money left and right. But I mean, you know. Meanwhile, we're lugging all that shit to DragCon like an asshole trying to sell it and no one wants it. But <laughs> Girl, hello, trying to give it away. The pandemic happens, everybody wants it. <laughs> I know, that's so crazy. Well, um, how did you learn how to do hair? Was it kind of like a, a thing that you just taught yourself? It Honestly, self-taught and YouTube. I learned techniques from other people and just kind of adapted from it. And it's all just a matter of working at it until you find something that works for you. I love it. That's cool. Um, <laughs> I, I, I catch some of your videos every once in a while because I follow you on social media and I see um, some of these transformations that you do like of like a real small shake and go cheap looking wig and it turns into this like goddess wig. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I think it's like, I, way I look, the way I look at it is that I like to take something that is the cheapest you can find. And I think that's drag where you can take something that's completely frivolous and disgusting. You think nothing could possibly come of this. And if you can make something huge and dynamic out of it, I think that's great, especially for baby queens watching. Like you don't have to have a huge budget to create something fabulous. Yeah, I agree. And that speaks volumes of like RuPaul's Drag Race, like the first season, whenever you're first on. But really nowadays, like these girls are coming in with like, wardrobes from like designers i'm like girl that wasn't us in our season <laughs> like we were making our own shit i mean, i could have been fooled like when i saw that pageant episode when we did that i was like looking at some of you like where the f- they get some of this stuff from yeah i mean charlie hides m- makes almost all of her stuff i think and it's just it's it is like professional quality i i was just you know Whatever I can make is what I brought, girl. I look back and I'm like, oh my god! But um, oh, don't sell yourself short. I remember you walking on that runway, that freaking parachute backdrop behind you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the uh, the anus sun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I threw. I left that shit there. It was so big and bulky. I was like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to repack this, so I just left it there. Um. So you used to make puppets, and maybe you still do. How did that come about? That was my, honestly, my first love was puppetry, but I kind of gave it up because I realized I was no good at performing them. I just liked making them. And that's really an art form where you have to like be dedicated to it and do all that. I just found the therapeutic creating the stuff, but I kind of walked away from it because that community is nuts. You think drag is crazy. Try 
walk into the puppetry community. They are insane. Well, you're really <laughs> good at making them. They're so cute. Um, if anybody needs a puppet for any reason, do you still take like custom orders? I do. I recently did a Bradley Cooper puppet for Lady Bunny. Oh, wow. That's cool. Lord only really knows what she did with it, but you know. <laughs> Probably stuck it up her butt, you know. Probably. <laughs> the only way she's ever going to get Bradley Cooper in her ass, so. <laughs> um, so, you are actually like a fan favorite. You were eliminated first from season nine, but girl, that didn't stop you. You have turned into a fan favorite. Like, Reddit loves you. Everywhere I see, I love James Mansfield. I love James Mansfield. They're still rooting for you. How does that feel? It feels great. Honestly, like, the way I approached it is when I got eliminated on season nine, like, when you're eliminated first, you could either let that destroy your world and some girls will just flat out walk away from drag entirely. I love drag. It was my first passion. It was my first real obsession. So I had, I knew like, girl, you can't let that get you down. You have to do something. And honestly, the YouTube channel is what did it for me, girl. Yeah. That's what really what kept me alive and kept me going. The you just community I built all, on YouTube. Yeah. You just put all your, your feelings into that and your, your time and, and effort, which obviously paid off. Um, well, that and like you're not allowed to show a lot after you go home. Like people will always wonder what you're capable of. And the one thing I didn't want to be seen as was somebody who just had a tragic like shortcut end on a reality TV show. It's like, girl, I have lots of talents. I I can show you everything I can do on that platform, and I don't have to be filtered, and I don't have to worry about how I'm going to be edited. I'm in full control of my edit. Yeah, and we're going to talk more about season nine and Drag Race in a little bit. I um I want to talk about your experience on AJ and the Queen. You were also a feature queen for uh, that season, the one season that they had. Girl, I can't believe it got canceled because it was so good. But um, RIP, it was so good. Yeah, I thought it was so good. Um, how? What episode were you in? Like, tell me about like your experience on set and stuff. Well, I was in episode three, Columbus, and the I can't really recall what the backstory was, but the scene I was in. I was backstage, it was the breastplate episode, and AJ is playing around with my breastplate, and I'm backstage doing my makeup while her and RuPaul are having a tender moment, and I had one line that I was so proud of, where they had to run out, and AJ steals the boobs, so I'm just looking up like, hey, that kid stole my boobs! <laughs> I love that. Um, how, how long were you there to shoot that one scene? bitch my call time was at six in the morning i didn't get out of there until 11 o'clock at night and that, that hollywood is insane for one lot bitch they <laughs> milked it they milked it and they milked your titties too bitch oh my god girl i was cedary at that point like <laughs> i think i get credit as a prop department as well now too did uh rupaul talk to you at all a little bit like it's crazy like i'm sure you understand because you got to be near her like when you are that close to RuPaul, she was literally three feet away from me. I, I could have touched her if I wanted to. I could have poked her in the side. But I was so intimidated. because, like, that. you know, she is gorgeous in really? person. When you mm -hmm. see that up close, yeah. she is beautiful. And she tried talking to me a little bit. She's telling me about how she just discovered press-on nails. Oh, my God. <laughs> old ass i love it she's like you know you can take glue dots and put them on your nails and you can just stick your nails to them isn't that wonderful I'm like yeah rupaul that's been around for a while <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um so 
my experience with RuPaul for the episode I was in, um, I was like waiting, you know, like you have to wait in like that, wait, whatever the area is that they're having you wait. And, um, one of the PAs came back there and they're like, Hey, RuPaul wants to run lines with you. And I'm like, Oh my God, what? Um, and this was like my first time doing anything TV other than drag race. And, being in a situation with RuPaul that is not on camera. Um, and I was terrified going in there. But as soon as I got in there, girl, she's like a completely different person when she's not on camera. That and like, you could tell just by watching her, like I was looking at her, she looked like she was the happiest she ever been because she was doing something she's always wanted to do where it's a show that was built around her. Yeah. I mean, it, and it was so good. I thought like, the first couple of episodes were a little crunchy, mainly to me because they made the little girl so rude. Um, <laughs> like I just, she insulted your good Southern values. I just wanted her to get ran over or something in the first like half of the season. But like as it went on, I felt like the acting got better. I felt like the storyline got better, and um, it it ended up being a really good storyline that like culminated at the end and I was like there's no way it's not going to get renewed because it was so good and I thought that was getting a lot of views that's what I thought too and honestly I was happy that it happened and I wanted it to keep on happening just because it just meant more work for the girls and more work in Hollywood for us like it was a really groundbreaking thing that I think a lot of people kind of crapped on because it was like the narrative of that time like you know let's all shit on AJ and the queen but it yeah. was actually really, really cute. It was, here's the thing. How come, isn't it with something gay? We always find the need to just shit on it. We aren't allowed to have something that's silly and fluffy. I think that a lot of it has to do with people being bitter that Drag Race has like taken over. And, and like, they, they, it's like a, a double-edged sword. Like they love to watch it because they love to watch it because it is a good show. But they also love to hate it because, um, because of the how they see it is local queens all of a sudden getting fame and making absurd amount of money, you know, that they may deem that we don't deserve or whatever. So And that's just the snaking its own tail, especially with their own community attacking it. It's like, sis, what do you want it to go back to twenty years ago where we weren't on TV at all? Right. And and I also I just think people just love to just be bitter. I'm seriously like but anyway, enough of that because I don't want to go go it too much into, <laughs> to 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 that craziness. Um, you were named New York one of New York's magazine one hundred most powerful drag queens in America. Do, oh boy! <laughs> do, do you remember that? Um, I remember the article. I didn't attend that drag con, but like I remember the controversy with everyone's photos. Were you there for that? Um, I well, I remember I was there at that drag con, and they like desperately were like trying to make me go do this photo shoot. And I am the type of person when I'm at drag con, and I have a line of people. I don't like to take breaks because I don't want to make my fans that are waiting wait longer for me unless I absolutely have to leave the booth. And they were trying to get me to come through there like i'm like girl i'm sorry come do this interview at my booth 
and um, in between people, and I'll be happy to do it. But they were like, no, we need you to come to cross yonder, upstairs, <laughs> through a labyrinth, through, a, you know, a, 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 a another dimension to a building uh, halfway across the world. I'm like, girl, I don't have time to do that. That's going to be another hour out of my time that people are going to be waiting an hour. And I don't want to make people wait. So I ended up not doing the, the photo shoot, and thank God I didn't. You dodged a bullet there, girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> girl. But, um, but, yeah, so you were named... One of the 100, that's crazy. 100 out of all the drag queens in America, you were in the 100s. That's amazing. I appreciate it, but also, like, that list was based on real, no kind of real recognized merit whatsoever. It was mostly all just drag race queens they mentioned. Like, they didn't really count in anyone from, like, the legends of the drag scene that are still doing it, like your bunnies, or your Varlas, or your Jackie Beats. I mean, that's true, but we're... I'll take a compliment where I can get it. I was just about to say, bitch, I'm trying to give you a compliment. Um, but oh, yeah. I'm a shit all over that compliment. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Compliment me, bitch. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. They, they should have taken into consideration, like, drag legends and, like, what other drag queens that are out there are doing uh, politically for the movement of LGBT and drag in a positive way. Um, and they didn't, they mainly just focused on drag race queens. Um, but it was still cool to be recognized on such a large platform. Um, I want to move on to our first actual topic called drag race rundown. And, um, I want to know, have you been watching season 12? I have. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I, me too, girl. I'm still a huge fan of the show. I have to watch Drag Race, anything Drag Race. Um, I will watch it, even that horrible Christmas special. Um, <laughs> that you weren't invited to? <laughs> uh, I was invited to, but I couldn't do it. Oh, smell um, her. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah, but, um, so, what do you think about season 12? Who do you think is going to win? Um, of course, being the Milwaukee queen that I am, we're rooting for Team Jada. I, I'm so Team Jada. Um, <laughs> but, but just because you're rooting for her doesn't mean you think she's going to win. Do you think she's going to win? I think she's presented a pretty solid package. I mean, there have been some stumbles. But again, like, as far as it all goes, you, like, put everything together. I feel like she'd be a good representation of RuPaul's Drag Race and America's Next Drag Superstar. I could walk away and think, yeah. I'm okay with this. Plus, I love seeing pageant queens get crowns because I feel like you're so often ignored and overlooked. But there's only been one true pageant queen to win. Is this me. where you fan yourself? Yeah, there me. you go. <laughs> me. <Waiting> for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so if Jada wins, she will be like the first regular season winner of, of pageants, like a pageant queen that's won the regular season. Because and you'll never able to say that ever again, that you're the only one. <laughs> I know, but I can say I'm the first! But, I mean, <laughs> technically, she would be the first of the regular. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't really, like, Tyra did pageants, but I wouldn't really consider her a pageant queen. I would more consider her, like, a glam, like, a just a beautiful, glamorous queen. Um, showgirl entertainer. Yeah, like, like a showgirl. Like <laughs> yeah, like a showgirl. Because um, Tyra was beautiful. She was one of the most beautiful drag queens ever to me um there's who else uh chad did pageants too but she wasn't really a pageant queen like to me like unless you like do pageants professionally and you win 
a lot of pageants and you've done them, like the big pageants, you're not really a pageant queen. You've just participated in pageants. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hello. I mean, I mean, pageants are there to basically establish a hierarchy and a code of, you know, conduct. So by all means, go off <laughs> <laughs> It's discipline for a reason. No, I've been in a, like my drag mother's ha- talent once as a nurse for a Steel Magnolia's talent number. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> Who's your drag mother? My drag mother, may she rest in peace, was a beautiful trans woman named Rudy D'Angelo. I don't think I knew who that is. She's more Milwaukee. I don't know if she ever did anything like major, like as far as continental goes. She's my drag mother for literally a few months before she died. So. Aww. <laughs> well, rest her soul. Beautiful person. Yeah, we lost the angel that day. But yeah, I will say like pageants are no freaking joke. Like with Milwaukee, especially like if you were even a pageant talent, you were not allowed to be in that backstage. You had to like basically in your little area and everyone was so serious. Like you could cut that tension. In I that remember <laughs> I, when I was reigning entertainer of the year, I came to Milwaukee for uh, Wisconsin entertainer of the year. And uh, my drag daughter, Chantel, did the pageant. And, um, she ended up winning, but it was, it was a good competition and like, it was, the tension was crazy. Like it was crazy. Um, it's our Super Bowl, especially in Milwaukee, like back when pageants were really like really, really heavy. They don't so much anymore. You don't hear much about it, but like back in when I first started drag, that was all you could do if you wanted to work. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I, I know that, uh, Chantel knows Jada from that pageant and, I know that Trixie is... I, I just talked about this in my last podcast. Trixie's a former um, Wisconsin EOI, I think. But um, anyway, um, what is your favorite moment of season 12 so far? Um, my favorite moment, I'd say, it would have to be that musical number they did, that recent one, that Las Vegas one, Girl. Oh, it was good. It was How really fabulous. Good. Yeah. Uh, my all-time favorite moment... Um, there's two. My favorite Jada moment is, look over there! Um, (laughs) I love that. And I also love, um, so I'll say one for each of the girls that are in the top three. So that's my favorite Jada. My favorite Gigi moment is her snatch game. It was so good and clever too. Brilliant, right? Oh my God. Yeah, so good. (laughs) And then um, I think that my favorite Crystal moment is just her mullet and her voice. I love her voice. I don't know what it is about her voice, but I just love her voice and her personality. You love you a gravelly voice? Yeah, I really do. I just love it. I think she's so, like, um, she's kind of ditzy, and she's a hot guy, but, like, a nerdy hot guy. Like, and she has, like, a... a well, you just a, love men in general, so... I mean, I do. I love all men. I love butch men, femme men. I, I love men, yes. <laughs> that With mullets, no hair. We get, we get all of it, yes. Well, a man with a mullet is probably uncommon from where you're coming from. So, I mean... <laughs> uh, whatever. That mullet was, like, the style in Alabama back in the day. Hello. <laughs> it probably still is, girl. It probably is. Billy Joe Bob in, in Alabama's got a mullet. Um, well, have you seen the uh, cast of All Stars 5? I have. And I feel like there's some familiar faces for us from our season in that one. There is. is Who are you rooting for? Um, As far as our Spellers 5, I guess I would say I'm rooting for Shea Coulee just because that's the only one I have a real connection with. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely rooting for our sister Shea Coulee. 
Um, I mean, I'm so terrible. I'm just biased when it comes to, like, who do I know? Who have I yeah. worked with? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'd be a horrible judge. You'd be like, oh, I know you. So, you know, you get extra points. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the cast, the entire cast is so good. And then on top of that, um, did you did you see the drama bet- in, in between the girls in the clip that they're showing for All-Stars Live? The whole assassin thing that they're gonna like establish there no the drama between the girls i know there was drama there's drama already oh. hasn't aired yet oh there's there in the clip it shows a little bit yeah um I'll there's bored. oh there's drama so just get ready drama mama but there's a twist <laughs> too that's different than before too the lip sync assassin and and that's gonna be insane i'm curious about that like Every single lip sync you think they're going to bring an assassin in like that. That's going to put some fire into some people's asses. I'm excited to see what that's going to do. <laughs> yeah. So that means there's only one top person or maybe the bottom person has a lip sync against them. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll need to rewatch that, but it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, I have to ask, like you were on an all-star season. Had that become a stipulation, would that be something that would have intimidated you? Cause I know you love to perform. Um, not really. I think it just depends if, if the lip sync assassin is, is lip syncing against the top person of the night. I think that takes a little bit of the pressure off of you because you're not going home. You, you know, you either win the lip sync and win money or you don't. But, um, yeah, you're essentially just lip syncing for money, <laughs> right? which obviously I would do my best to, to win because I want to win. But um, you got a mortgage to pay off, yeah, yeah. Right, but there's less pressure that way, I think, than lip syncing for your life. You know what I mean? Especially knowing like you can get knocked out by some bitch that didn't even compete. Like that's gonna be some drama. I cannot wait to see. Girl, hello. Um, so would you do all, an all star season? If I was asked, I mean, I considered a lot about it. Like, I think I've grown a lot, but also it's like, girl, it's one of those things too where. It's fun to think about, but also I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket. I'd rather create what I'm creating now than sit around and hope for all stars to happen. Yeah, I don't. I definitely don't think you know the whole idea of like waiting around for success to find you, um, kind of thing. Like you do have to make your own path your own way, and I think that that is smart of you to to continuously put out content on your own and make your own name. And then if you get on all stars, great. Um, it's crazy because like I was doing drag race recaps for a little bit there and like I couldn't figure out why the viewership wasn't there. If I just asked my fan base, like, do you guys want me to keep doing this? And half of them were just like, We like you for you. And most of us didn't even know you were on drag race when we were watching. Oh wow, that's that's cool. That's really I was like, cool. that's sickening. All right, I won't I won't do them anymore then. This is great. <laughs> um, so talking about the fact that you're one of the most successful first out queens. Um, what do you think propelled you other than like your YouTube channel propelled you into being like one of the most well-known Queens? I'd say it was a drive just to basically, I want to say prove people wrong, but it was a lot of that where I had this amazing opportunity and yeah, it sucked that I didn't get to go as far as I wanted to, but you have the platform, make the most out of it. And I feel like I've done really well just by putting in that hard work, especially me and my boyfriend, like we just made up a plan. I'm like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kill the YouTube. And then from there, I got the slot for the season nine. Remember we did that nine from nine for DragCon? 
yeah. from there, I got scouted for a Provincetown spot just for my talent. So just things just kept happening just, just by keeping busy. That was the thing. Like you had to consistently stay busy and stay active and not get in that mindset of like, oh, you know, woe is me. Like everything's falling apart. I'm so embarrassed. You know, this is what defines me. No, that doesn't define you whatsoever. You're in control of your own destiny. Yeah, that that's very well now. That's the thing about like you is that I, you're so different outside of competition, outside of the show than you were on the show because I don't know what it was about the show, but you were really in your head when you were there. But when I've worked with you or like hung out with you in drag race functions, you you're very confident on your own. But for some reason there, you did let it get the best of you. Um, because I truly believe you had like way more to show. I mean, RuPaul even said it, your, your, um, audition tape was one of the best ones she ever had seen. So, um, is that something like, that, like you, that happens to with you often or throughout your life where you like doubt yourself? I'd say, I mean, it's a little foolish to like go on publicly and on record and say, well, you know what? I was... I wasn't in my head. It was just, you know, there was no pressure. What pressure? No, girl, you're going on national television and you're going from a small hole in the wall bar, especially where I came from. I barely got booked. If I did drag, it was every other couple months and it was, you're lucky to get it. And you're usually performing for your friends. So like, I didn't really have real drag experience. I'm just a really good interview. (laughs) Yeah. I sold myself that audition tape, bitch, because I wanted to get out of there. And that's another thing. Like, had I like sat around and baked a little longer, I probably would have fared a lot better. But again, it's, that's an intimidating thing. I'd never done anything like it. Yeah. So that was also what factored into it. It's like, girl, I thought I had a mental preparation from doing it, from knowing Trixie and basically hearing her side of things. I thought I knew I was getting myself into it. And you get there and it's like, oh my God, girl, this is a whole nother beast. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just a <laughs> yeah, I think that is why the pageant queens that are on the show, majority of them always do well because pageants kind of prepare you for this pressure. That, that, oh, that, it's an that, insane that, pressure cooker you put yourselves in with those things. <laughs> yeah, and so so that's that's why I think pageant queens usually do pretty well. Um, you know, obviously a lot of pageant queens aren't as diverse, but some are, especially like as of recent, like they've really picked a lot of really great diverse pageant queens. But when you walked in for season nine, um, and you saw all the girls around there, who do you, who did you immediately look at and be like, oh my god, she is the one to beat? Um, I didn't really know a lot of the girls. Like the only girl I had known from previous experiences was Shay. I had done one show in Chicago with her before that, and. <clears throat> I have to say, like, Shay, I thought, oh, my God, like, she made it here. Of course she did. Peppermint, of course, the legend that she is. I went right over to her because I just wanted to be near her aura because I idolized her for so long. Like, it's I was- crazy. <laughs> I, I never had heard of Peppermint or Shay. But, again, you know, I was stuck in that, like, small-town pageant bubble girl. Like, if you weren't in pageants, I didn't really know anybody. Um, it's a completely different world, yeah. It's a completely different world than just being in, like, the regular drag world, which is crazy. But um, the last question of this topic is, um, how do you feel overall was your experience on the show? I mean, the way I saw it, like, 
it's complicated. I feel like, I don't feel like I was wronged in any way. Like, I feel like I experienced exactly what I expected to. And even more than I expected. <laughs> like, if that makes any sense. Like, I knew it was going to be Hollywood. I knew it was television. And I felt like I was so wrapped up in that bubble of believing that it was going to be, like, this Hollywood dream. And then when the reality comes crashing into you, like, oh, wait, now I'm expected to be on. Now I'm expected to perform and create a persona. It's not just the James Mansfield character. You have to be James, you know, the boy. <laughs> you have to try and somehow make them, you know, compelling television create drama and it's hard it's hard like you have to perform and that's not who i am it's a mind twist it's a it is it's a it's definitely a mind twist and you have to filter through that so quickly or it will get to you and that's one thing i don't know that they explain to the girls enough of um they always like prep you hey after you get done with this if you need counseling we have counselors but i don't i definitely don't think that they prep the girls enough which i guess is smart because they want you to not know what to expect when you get in there and they also want you to be out of your like skull when you're there because that creates good television <laughs> absolutely, absolutely absolutely um if you um want to hear more from James Mansfield after this podcast, go check out my Patreon for a game and uh, Twitter fan questions. Well, James, this has been a fun, quick catch up. I always enjoy talking to you. I am a huge fan of yours and I wish you nothing but the best. I hope that you do get on all stars if that's something you want to do. And if you don't, fuck it. <laughs> I hope you get <laughs> success with everything else. I need to get away from you. <laughs> Thanks, Trini. It's good catching up with you again. Let me put her back on the phone. Oh my God, Trini. It's always so much fun talking to you. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad that you and Monet and Monet won all stars. <laughs> Monet won too. You're a bitch. Um, I'm going to leave you with one thing before we uh, get going. My, something my grandmother used to always tell me if you ain't got nothing nice to say, come sit by me. Until next time, bye. Bye.